Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by London's top Japan enthusiast, <laughs> oh. Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, wow. help me. Help me here. The words the word just got <laughs> caught in your throat. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Introducing think... me. It's, you were worried about the majesty you were giving me. You were like, oh, yeah, I've, I've overcooked it. This guy's an well, absolute I... loser. It was more to do with the fact that I usually start with uh, England's top Japan enthusiast, but for some reason I said London this time. I don't know why. Oh, so you've reduced, you've you've reduced me to to just the um, Zone Six level uh, Japan enthusiast. Outrageous! Poor old Pete. <laughs> How you doing, though, Pete? That aside, how's life in London? Really good. I've just picked up a really hot cup. Of- <laughs> oh, that was hot. I just Brilliant. picked up a really hot cup of coffee from the bottom. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm giving myself third degree burns. Um, Brilliant. Thank you. It's the perfect opening. <laughs> Burning yourself for the podcast. Sacrificing <laughs> your nerves. Well, look, uh, well, it's the same. It's the same routine as when you buy those hot coffees from. Uh, 7-Elevens and and, and mm. you think you can pick you think the cans have been designed so that a human can ha- you can you know handle them but you can't you got to wrap it in like a glove or a bit of oh, fabric before you can actually the, um, them boss coffee the heated cans right in yeah. 7-Eleven they're so popular i mean the i never tommy get Lee's. them yeah tommy lee jones and his lovely coffee brand i always get the um the ones where you just you buy a cup and then you fill it up with the coffee machine that's in every mm. convenience store. It's probably my favourite thing about convenience stores in Japan. You can get like freshly brewed uh, coffee, either hot or cold. Although I tend to find the cups they come in, the the top, the lid, is a little bit flimsy. And I've had some nasty incidents of recent Uh-oh. times when I'm in the car and I try to pull it out the cup holder. The lid comes off, coffee goes everywhere. It's a disaster and I should learn. I'm now 30. I should know how to pick up a cup of coffee. But no. <laughs> anyway, it's been a weird week. I um, I got featured on this YouTube channel called Chills. Have you ever heard of Chills? I don't imagine it's no. a kind of thing. Netflix it's, and um, Chills. It's, it's about like a it's like a horror YouTube channel where they mm. basically just go through horror. They basically um, compile videos off of other YouTube channels where things are scary and haunted, right? Right. And they came to me about a few weeks ago and said, "Can we use a clip from?" 
one of your videos or two of your videos. And I went, yeah, sure, go with it. They got 5 million subscribers. So I thought, you know, this could be good. It could be payday for the Abroad Japan channel, thousands of new subscribers. As per usual, nothing. Got an extra, yeah. like, two subscribers. That aside, <laughs> it is rather funny because I'm not really into the haunted genre myself. Um, I find it to be a little bit, I don't know, what's the word? Not good, just rubbish. I mean, the I've made two haunted videos over the years. The Haunted Tunnel, where I went into it with my friend Joey on the um, on the Journey Across Japan cycle, and also the Haunted uh, Traditional Japanese Inn with Ryotaro. And they featured both of those videos in their compilation. I think the video was titled something like Five Scary Videos That Went Too Far. I went too far. Um, apparently, we went too far. <laughs> you but went too far into really. the tunnel. We went too far into the tunnel, into the haunted inn. Um, but it's quite interesting. The the guy that does the voiceover, I think he's from Vancouver, but he does it in a really weird voice. And you're going to have to watch it yourself to to hear it. But he kind of yeah. talks like this, and it goes up and it goes down, and they saw a haunted thing in the tunnel. And what happened? Yeah, and it's like not normal i don't know why he's doing it like that it's really weird it doesn't make it scary it doesn't add a sense of fear it just sounds bloody stupid and to be clear i'm not making fun of him for his canadian accent like if you if you've seen this video you'll know what i'm talking about he does it in a very weird way to try and heighten the chills but it doesn't work it just sounds annoying it's quite a distraction <laughs> from what's going on um you gotta check it out and what a spooky spookerson yeah give me a link i want to watch it <laughs> um it's, I think I posted it on Twitter a few weeks ago, and because I don't post to Twitter much these days, uh, you, you should be able to see it. But, um, yeah, it's really weird. But uh, it's quite funny. They find things in the videos that not even I recognised. Like the scary thing in the, the Haunted Tunnel, there wasn't that much scary stuff going on. Um, but we left. there's a scene where we leave the tunnel, and Joey and I are walking towards the exit of the tunnel, and you can... Uh, see like the daylight in the distance it's really overexposed because obviously the tunnel is pitch black and then outside it's daylight and you can see the silhouette of a figure and the guy, <laughs> the guy in the video is like if you look closely at the video you can see a haunted spooky thing at the end of the tunnel and it doesn't a weird again weird voice going up and down um and it's just it's just chris okano the guy <laughs> my friend chris <laughs> it's just, his silhouette <laughs> It's just Ian from Tokyo Creative just goes hanging yeah. out <laughs> with a with the well, tripod in his hand. It's just they yeah, just it felt unnecessary. And in the Haunted Inn video, which we released in February, which you may or may not have seen, there's a scene where a bird and it's a little bit odd. There's a bird just falls off a shelf. There's a kind of toy bird, and um, mm. yeah, it just fell off the shelf randomly. And Ryota and I were a little bit creeped out. We were like, wait a minute, why did that toy bird just fall off the shelf in the abandoned creepy haunted inn um but weirdly they didn't feature that in the chills video instead right. they featured a clip of Ryota and i walking around a shrine and there's a house in the distance in the background with a light on and the guy the guy again he slays down the video and he's like if you look in the corner you can see there is a haunted specimen in the window and it's <laughs> he talks like that i'm not even exaggerating um <laughs> It's just like someone's washing, just hanging up on the clothesline. <laughs> it's like it's a washing. It's a haunted specimen. Look, it's really uh, I've, I've had my fashion choices described in a worse way. <laughs> it's Pete wearing his haunted <laughs> specimens again. <laughs> oh, if you look Fantastic. at Pete's face. But no, go and check that out. Just, I mean, 
not even for the bits with the Brawn Japan videos, go and watch for the voiceover. The channel's called Chills. The video's called Five Scary Videos That Went Too Far. And if you don't want to type it into YouTube, just go on my Twitter, scroll down like two weeks, and you'll find it there. It's, it's essential viewing. But today, Haunted Creepy Nonsense Aside, it is a fax machine special. Pete and I, we love these, don't we, Pete? Answering the fax machine. We do. I did, look, we, we, do. we get so many emails. Um, mm. I'm not privy to the selection of them. So if you're ever upset about uh, your email not being featured or a, a NAF email being featured, uh, it's very much Chris's wheelhouse. Uh, so I'd like to get that out in the open. Um, well, it, well, to, well. Let's be let's be let's be honest. If it was my job to choose the emails, it would be coolish. It would be filthy. Um, it, we'd lose listeners. Uh, so Chris is very much uh, more able to understand his uh, listenership and viewership uh, than me. So yes, uh, um, but if you are ever upset that your email didn't get read out, it's his fault. <laughs> I'm just giving yes, that disclaimer Pete, there. If it, if it was you doing this, this Pete, all the emails would just be about coolish, and that would be, quite frankly, unbearable. Delicious. Anyway, let's dive in into the fax machine. We got one from Sherry from the US. She says, Ooh. "Hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, during your culinary adventures in Japan, have you ever got into a situation that you could just not finish the food? Either you were too full, or you just couldn't eat it. I visited Nagano Prefecture a few years ago. It was a great trip to the inland." mountainous area of japan we spent several nights in traditional minshuku and ryokan minshuku's kind of in between is basically an airbnb um bed and breakfast right um and we got a chance to try the regional cuisine we had sakura niku uh, do you know what sakura niku is pete test oh horse it's horse isn't it it's horse good yeah sakura blossom cherry blossom niku meat i guess horse meat looks like cherry blossom I never got that. Anyway, it's because of the colour. It's kind Imagine of like, a tree oh, covered in colour. horse meat. What oh. the hell happened here? Sounds like a random oh. threshing machine. <laughs> That's just what a thought. What a, mm. what an image day for this too. Uh, Wasn't there, there, there was a, there was there was an there was an EU politician I believed who genuinely uh, I think believed that um, wind turbines upset horses or something. I, I'm fairly yeah. certain that was the case. I'm fairly certain that was the case. So I always think. Turbine, horses run towards them. <laughs> I don't know why. This is grim. It's it's come on. This is grim, Pete. Even by your standards, you uh, started it. <laughs> uh, Sherry, we had uh, sakuraniki, horse meat, various freshwater fish, but there was one dish that left an impression on me: inago no sukudani, which is like a. What's, what's, what's inago? It's like a, not a cockroach, grasshopper. It's like grasshopper. I'll just say it's bugs, so you don't have to look it up if you don't want to. I know Chris is not too keen on insects. Very true. Although in my head, I was fully aware that it was cooked. It was food. It was protein. I just couldn't get myself to eat it. Uh, that was the only dish that I left untouched during the entire trip. Fortunately, it was a very small side dish, and I wasn't the only person in my group who left that side dish on the plate, so I didn't feel too bad. However, if this were a nice restaurant, would it be rude to leave the food unfinished? Um, you know, should I? Should it be something like an apology if you can't fi- finish the food? What should you do? I love the podcast. Hope this question gets picked and we get to hear what food you absolutely cannot stomach. Sherry from the US. And just to reiterate, the food Sherry couldn't eat is a grasshopper. And I, that's <laughs> to be honest, Sherry, I can't eat grasshoppers either. I don't see why they're a thing that's edible. They taste all crunchy and horrible. I've had it once. And it wasn't fun. And the 1960s style restaurant that I've taken you to, Pete, um, Shoah Era Bar uh, Hambe, they do it as a dish. It's quite popular. 
I've only used You're it right. as a trick, as a trick dish to trick people into eating it. Although it does yeah. just look like you do that a lot. grasshopper, so you can't lie. You can't be like, "Oh no, that's no, uh, right. beef," because it just looks like a grasshopper. <laughs> but uh, there's nothing rude about not eating that. I'm sure people will completely understand it. Is there anything you can't eat, Pete? Anything you can't? Yeah, eat? No, I, I mean, I, I would. I've had grasshoppers, and I've had. Um, I mean, to be honest, like you see in Tesco's or Sainsbury's, the uh, popular um, supermarkets mm. in, in England now, you do see um, insects sort of protein, protein um, kind of packets, um, like as an alternative yeah. to crisps. You'll, you'll occasionally see these little protein um, pouches that are like ground up uh, little little insects or, or full insects, and you mm-hmm. just munch on them. Um, but they, I mean, they are smashed fla- they, they just smash flavoring into them to make them taste of of um of something um, palatable to the to, yeah. to the western uh, palate but i imagine in the same way that you know they don't do a lot of seasoning of the fish they just sort of go look we're going to give you the the, the 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 beautiful um flavors the raw flavors of the fish i imagine they don't dick about with the flavors too much uh, in japan so you are very much tasting <laughs> what a grasshopper would taste like. Um, I remember sort of um, having a very heavy night out in Osaka. Uh, the next day, we um, were very hungry. We went to Starbucks. Everyone had their coffees, a restorative coffee, sugary coffee. And then we were very hungry. So we went into a sushi restaurant mm. and had uh, like a, just a seafood selection. And again, they don't um, – we have a very kind of closeted um, – kind of uh cosseted or closeted, closeted kind of idea of what of what japanese sushi is um and it was uh, just a lot of sashimi from a million different animals um and uh w- none of us could finish uh, some of the more um i don't know some of the more uh, adventurous uh slices of mm. fish because uh, it was just they just it was this strong the the, the the smell was just too pungent uh for for, for a delicate stomach but I'm, I'm i'm invariably quite good at just getting everything down that needs to get down even your sakura niku and your stuff beef tongue that uh chris tries to trick me with every year he, he'll <laughs> sort of go he sort of go oh pete have a bit of this it is delicious and i'll go yum 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 and i'll eat it and he'll go haha that was chicken liver and i go oh cool and and and, and he never defeats me i'll eat anything he gives me so you know we'll i'm test that out <laughs> we'll yeah. test that theory next time you're here pete. yeah i assure you just all yeah, i mean i uh i uh Someone took me for a meeting, an important business meeting in uh, Tokyo Ginza once, and we went to this really upmarket, wonderful sushi restaurant, and I got given a dish that was like fish eggs. So I, I kind of like salmon roe fish eggs. They're kind of nice, yeah. cod liver oil flavor. But this one was really bitter and horrible, and I took a bite, and I was like, oh, God, no. And it was really awkward because the trained, amazing, super-duper sushi chef was standing before me because it was an upmarket one, right, where you have, you're have you sat at the bar and the, the sushi chef's there before you. They make it, they put it in front of you, you eat it, while they kind of watch you eat it. And he sort of watched me, and I went, oh, oh God, oh, mm, it's good. I think I said, like, oishikido unako pai. Like, I'm, it's great, it's delicious, but I'm a little bit full, so I think I'll have to <laughs> give that one a miss. So that's a good way out, just, just say that. Just say, oh, it's delicious, yeah. but... I'm I'm full, and that's that's a way around it. Just avoid the shout. I'm I'm I, I'm needed elsewhere. Uh, the ne- I'm, I'm on the next train. Sugi no densha. I'm, I'm out of there. Sorry, gotta go. Brilliant. Bye. Sugi <laughs> no densha. Brilliant. Got one from Tommy. I'll let you have that one, Pete. What does Tommy say? All right, Tommy. 
You're right, Tommy. Okay, Chris and Peter, hope you well. Me and a friend went to Tokyo in 2019, and we're planning on returning when this whole virus thing blows over. We stayed in Shinjuku last time and regularly ended the nights down in Golden Guy. Our favourite bar quickly became Deathmatch in Hell. Um, so I'm glad you keep shouting out in videos. Uh, as we're planning on going back, do you have any recommendations for weird or wacky bars in Tokyo? Anything that keeps from going to a hub every five seconds. It, it, it is quite a, a tough kind of... Uh, thing to stay out of hubs isn't it because it's very easy oh, uh there's noise there's people um there's football if you're a big soccer fan um being yeah. played out at one o'clock in the morning so uh yeah it's really hard to avoid uh heading into a um heading into a, a hub i always recommend darts bars i love darts bars yeah yeah darts bars they're always a good one to go for um i mean yeah hub is an easy one to go for the reason hub's good and hub is the british i say british in quotation marks uh british pub chain but it's just a good place to meet people and actually strike up a conversation with strangers which you can't really do in a lot of other japanese bars or izakayas due to the way they're kind of seated and arranged so hub's good for meeting people and it's good for cheap drinks but you're not really going to have a memorable original night in a hub deathmatch in hell is pretty awesome um, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast. It's in Golden Guy in no. Shinjuku. Golden Guy is the little, uh, the, the, a few alleyways and a few little streets with little bars that seat about five to six people in. Um, and they're very small. They've got just one owner who runs it. And Deathmatch in Hell is like a rock bar, like a hardcore punk rock bar with 80s, an obsession with 80s movies. So naturally, it's right up my street. I did feature it in a video a few months ago uh, because... I was asked, what's the weirdest thing I've seen in Japan? And I showed a scene from Deathmatch in Hell. In the corner of the room, there's a, a model, like a, a, a full-scale size Yoda. And Yoda, <laughs> there's a decapitated arm that's chained to Yoda's face. And that's not an image I wanted to describe on today's podcast. But go and, <laughs> go and watch that video. We'll go to Deathmatch in Hell. Seems to be right up your street, to be honest, Pete. I'm amazed you haven't gone in Deathmatch in Hell. Pete yeah, well, I mean, there's just so many. There's just so many choices, isn't there, in uh, Golden mm. Guy? Um, and I, and if any uh, and if any bars dare to have a cover charge, um, British people get really wound up. I'm not paying to get into a bar. Um, obviously, I'll be happy to do any to do whatever. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've not I've not dirted my boots in that one. I always just go for the rock bars. Yeah, I just find a place and find a rock bar because they're always a bit more um, friendly. And frequently, you can choose your own music to put on if you really like a particular song, as long as it's rock. That's true. That's true. I mean, all uh, all I'll say is Humbay. Go to Humbay, the 1960s style chain that I rave about every week, but that not that many foreigners go to because they're a little bit. There's tons in Tokyo. There's a really good one in Ueno. So if you're in Ueno, there's one there. There's one in I think there's two in Shinjuku. There's certainly right. uh, another one in Shibuya as well. So they're everywhere, and I like them. And whenever I take friends, it's like their favourite place. So go to Humbay. Cheap drinks, cheap food, great night out. Um, got one from Steph who says, "Hi, Chris and Pete. This is Steph from Houston, Texas. Yeehaw, 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 yeehaw. I can't read it. Yeehaw. <laughs> let's let's um, say let's go with yeehaw. <laughs> yeehaw. <laughs> I've been enjoying I've been enjoying the podcast during lockdown. It keeps me company as I work from home. Um, I wanted to thank you both for hours of entertainment and rants about Coolish. About two years ago, my sister and I visited Japan for the first time. We were born and raised in Mexico and speak Spanish to each other. So when we landed in Narita Airport, uh, we had a bit of an epiphany that there might not be a lot of people who speak Spanish in Japan that we could talk to. Um, and we could just talk amongst ourselves and no one would understand us. Not that we would be speaking ill of anyone or anything, but it was also a bit bizarre. 
um, since it was our first time traveling alone to a country where we didn't speak or couldn't read or understand the language. Anyway, after getting our bags, we went to the Starbucks in the airport to gather our thoughts. I've done that and plan our next course of action. A very nice Japanese woman was sitting next to us and she chimed in on our, in our conversation uh, in perfect conversational in perfect conversational Spanish. I was so surprised. The thought I had coming into Japan about my native language and where we were completely disproved. Apparently, the woman was returning from a mission trip to South America and she gave us a few religious pamphlets before leaving. Later on in our trip, we went on a guided tour to Hakone and Mount Fuji. While resting in a small shopping area, we walked into a store that sold hand-carved wooden trinkets. My sister and I were discussing what to get for our dad when the kind man running the store came in speaking fluent Spanish to offer his assistance. <laughs> he told us that he'd studied in Mexico City for some time when he was a university student. I was surprised again. It must have been at least 30 years since he lived in Mexico, but his Spanish was like that of a native speaker. It was amazing. To be able to speak my mother tongue with Japanese people made me feel very warm and connected, and I hope to be able to visit again soon in the next few years. With love, uh, from Texas, Steph. That's amazing, isn't it? Seems everyone in Japan secretly lived in a Spanish-speaking <laughs> country at some point. Re- Even Riotero. Re- yeah, he's he speaks a bit of Spanish. Doesn't he? Yeah, he's fl- yeah. yeah, he's fluent. Bit of German, bit of something else as well. He's uh, yeah, he's, he's a uh, man of the world. Polyglot. Yeah, yeah he's. Uh, I polyglot, like the um, um, polyglot, omniglot. I gotta forget. Which one. Omniglot. Polyglot. Um, Polyglot? No, right. let's Polyglot. go with that then. Um, <laughs> the, um, I remember being in, I mean, first things first, um, if you are a, uh, you know, student of travel and you, you know, you're blumming love getting out and out and about there, um, mm. the sort of, um, Texas, I, I mean, you know, your Dallas, your, your Houston, San Antonio, and then finally Austin, like, it, that is worth kind of setting out a couple of weeks and just doing those four cities because I blooming love Texas. I certainly love those four cities anyway. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's weird what, what, what people think of Texas, um, certainly politically and what actually, um, the people are like. Um, there is, there is, you know, Southern hospitality is, is, is a thing. I blooming love those places. And, um, yeah, anyone who comes from, uh, mm. Houston or San Antonio, I have a very, very warm part of my, part of my heart for. Um, but it reminded me of when I was in uh, Sweden, I think I was in like a, um, Sweden or maybe Switzerland. Either way, I was in, um, a part of Europe. Um, and I was in a, um, where would the, uh, the Nobel Peace, where's the Nobel Peace Prize? It's Sweden, isn't it? Yeah, that's where that one's dished uh, out. Norway, um, isn't it? Is it Norway? Oh, well, yeah, okay, Ooh. Oslo. We'll, we'll probably be in Oslo then. Um, either way, I was in the um, uh, gift shop for the Nobel um, Hall or whatever they call it, the, the, the kind of museum uh, dedicated to the people who win the Nobel oh, sorry, Prize. Sorry, it's, it's Sweden. Sweden. It's Sweden, yeah. Yeah, little Google. Thank you, thank you. Um, so, yeah, we're in there, and uh, there was some Japanese tourists coming in, and they, they, they just ridiculous. You know what Swedish men are like? tall handsome blonde beautiful men um was in the gift shop and he was serving uh, people and this japanese uh, lady was kind of a bit confused about you know what what the what the things were and he just spoke to her in perfect japanese and she was like her head nearly exploded it was fantastic i was like you are the perfect man i want to marry you (laughs) (laughs) brilliant um just because i know people are going to message us about it the Nobel peace prize confusingly I think it was established by a Swedish industrialist and Alfred Nobel, but it's managed by a Norwegian Nobel committee. So there you go. Oh, so it's Norway then, right? I see. Oh, I see then. Um, 
but that's that's great. I mean, there's nothing quite like communicating in your native language in a foreign land. I think it's kind of, and I you don't really hear that many Japanese people speak about Spain, um, but I think mm. it's quite well romanticized the Spanish language and going to South America or Mexico or Spain. Certainly, Riotero, it's his. I think it's his favorite country, Spain, um, and he loves speaking Spanish. So. Any excuse, he'll whip out his Spanish. So if you bump into Riotero on a bullet train or in Tokyo and you ask a native Spanish speaker, put his skills to the test and you might be rather surprised. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with quince Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. He just says, how many holes does a straw have? Zero, one, or two. The internet can't figure it out, so I've done what any sane person would do. Ask the Luke and the Pete. Join me, Pete Donaldson, and Luke Moore for an unplanned half hour every Monday and Thursday as we talk about, well, anything really, from your emails to life's great mysteries to this guy. The noise you're going to hear sounds like a man being interrupted by a car. He isn't being interrupted by the car. He is making the car sound. How on earth is he doing that? 
how does he make that noise? Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Beep, 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 beep. The Luke and Pete Show is a Stakhanov production. We've got one from Lars. What does Lars say, Pete? All right, Lars, um, who probably knows where the, uh, <laughs> where the Nobel <laughs> from Norway. Prize is. is yeah. Uh, hello, Chris and Pete. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I work in Holden Prison in Norway as a correctional officer, a prison guard. It is often described as maybe the most humane high security prison in the world. I was wondering what you could tell me about prisons and the prison system in Japan. Is it run by the Yakuza? Uh, how is life like as a prisoner there? Uh, do they have ramen? Do they get coolish in the summer? My dream is visiting Japan for the first time with my girlfriend um, in spring next year. I just hope this terrible virus thing is finished by then best regards Lars I like the email it is to the point um time is money he's a busy man he's got to look after those prisoners and uh yeah um uh, well done that man I guess Lars and he um your ramen's like a, certainly in America ramen is like dried ramen is like a, a commodity it's like a it's like money out there the amount of sort of YouTube videos I watch um where ex-convicts uh talk about how um how they um boil their own water to make their own ramen it's fascinating mm. absolutely and prison tech i find very interesting yeah I, i've heard that as well particularly i think in america ramen is quite a popular commodity in prisons right they give it around and pass it around because it very easy the to food make, is delicious. just carby and dreadful and mm. um yes i mean some of the for-profit prisons the prisons in america is broken um we you know obviously for obvious reasons we're talking about uh slavery uh, uh, uh supposedly in the past mm. but uh modern slavery um is, is is literally um for profit prisons you know the, 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 these men and it is frequently black men um work in so like 70 percent of the prison population in america is, is black they are um employed uh to you know make license plates and products um for for for, for, for pennies um every single day and it's uh it's modern slavery there's no there's no way of it, there's no way of slicing it so yeah it's um and 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 and, and the food they're given is just Netflix. Well, no, no, I haven't. I, I haven't actually. But uh, yeah, the, 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 I, I watched the guy sort of filming filming himself in a um, in the prison, sort of showing what they eat every day, and it's just like Jesus Christ, it's just bread, gruel, grits, and 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 there's just no fruit or veg or anything healthy at all. Like people are fucking losing teeth, it's scurvy all over the gaff. Ugh. I read about somebody who'd been to prison in Japan and prison in the US, and you described the prison in the US as being like going to Disneyland compared to Japan. So to shoot really. down, uh, I, you know, Japanese prison is really, really bad. Like it's often raised for human rights abuse, and it's horrific. Like if you read about it, it sounds almost like torture. You have to sit in your cell often for hours on end in the Caesar position, which is like on your kneecaps, right? And there's no very little free time. You have to make bags and things. It looks horrific. I've read about it and heard about it. It sounds terrifying. It's not what you think. Like Japanese prison is very brutal and you don't want to go there. Like it's the complete opposite to Norway, I could assure you. Right. Um, obviously, I can't speak from experience and I don't want to because I don't want to go anywhere near it. But we'll it's see. not run by the actors. We'll get you there. It is run ruthlessly <laughs> and the spaces you live in are very small. Um, yeah, basically, there's no sense of human rights in a Japanese prison. It looks horrific. Go and check it out online. I think there's a good documentary about it. There's a few good videos about it on YouTube for people that have actually been in there. Um, a foreign chap who very stupidly brought drugs into Japan, got caught, and spent a few years in the prison. Um, you don't have any free time other than when you go outside in the yard, you have to just march around in a circle for like an hour. And if you leave the circle, you get punished and you put in 
solitary confinement. Um, and they only eat, I think, rice bowls and miso soup. So it's not that great. But no, Jeez. it sounds awful. Sounds really torturous and not fun. Not quite what a lot of people think it was. Then again, I don't know why people think Jap- Japan's prison would be nice, to be honest. Like uh, Japan's human rights are, well, le- they certainly leave a lot to be desired, as we talked about with Carlos Ghosn earlier in the year. But uh, no, and also, they're not fun. And also the conviction rate is uh, if you're up if you're up against... If you're up, if you're up in mm. uh, in 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 court, you're um, 99 percent likely to go down as well. So, <laughs> not not great. Not ideal. Yeah, it's all very mm. shady. It's one of the yeah for me, it's one of the the darker aspects of Japan. Um, so, yes, it's a great topic though. I'd like to do more. I'd like to dive into it a bit more because it's very interesting. Just hope not to go myself. Uh, we got one from Alfie. It says hello, Chris and Pete. I went on my holiday hello. in November. Hello. That's how he. That's how he says it because it's got like four mm. O's after hell. Hello, um, Chris <laughs> and Pete. I went on my holiday in November, despite having booked with Thomas Cook, recently deceased travel company, and it was amazing. I must have spent two thousand yen a day, about twenty dollars, on vending machine beverages, and I spent at least three hours a day waiting to cross the road. Too right. The yeah, that's a great way to end up in prison. Actually, the uh, in Japan, people obey the uh, the green man. If it's red, mm. maybe walk. Don't jaywalk. Um, don't do it. My mother and I didn't go to a maid cafe, sadly, but we did manage to find lots of other, probably better places to eat regardless. The main thing that surprised me about my trip was when I went to a supermarket in Hiroshima, as almost every other shelf was filled with sushi or ev- or other ready-to-eat food, which was a nice change from the two leftover ham and cheese sandwiches normally available in British supermarkets. Are most supermarkets in Japan like this? Thanks for the amazing videos, Alfie. Take it away, Pete. What's a supermarket in Japan like? <laughs> well, there's a difference, like isn't there? Like, um, I think um, I, I, I had an Airbnb next to an actual supermarket because, like, we don't generally go to a lot of supermarkets. There's a lot of like train station based mm. kind of um, fresh produce, and it'll be like a kind of a Whole Foods kind of experience where there'll be a section for fruit and fish and veg and cheese and all that stuff. But then the I went to I can't remember what the blooming brand is. What what's the brand of like like a a, a normal kind of supermarket? Um, what in Japan? Yeah, that's not like a Seven Eleven. It's not like an off license. Aon? Aon, right? Okay, that is that more like a like a um like a big place with different floors at Aon? It is, or but is they do that, have like uh, a big supermarket straight? as well. Right. Okay. I'm trying petty, petty something or other. Petty poire or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Not a clue. Uh, but yeah, they, um, they, uh, yeah. I've been in a couple, and and yeah, it's it's similar to the Seven um, Elevens. Although you've got all the fruit mm. and veg and mushrooms and 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 and, and stuff um, and and booze. Um, they've also got like um, some delicious meals. Um, but in the in the supermarkets, you don't generally have the option to heat them up, heat up like the um, spaghetti bolognese that they've made. But I mean, Seven Elevens and off licensed food is so good, and you can have them heated up at any time of the day or night by the man with his super crazy strong uh, microwave that heats stuff to ridiculous proportions in about 10 seconds <laughs> definitely i mean yeah convenience stores that's the place to get the good stuff um as pete mm. said i when i first moved to sendai i lived in this crappy apartment for like seven months and there was no supermarket nearby so i just lived off of sunkus this convenience store chain that i think's gone now i think it doesn't exist because it wasn't that great um and i just go down there in korea it might be in korea but uh god it wasn't good like i had these like (laughs) um 
uh, spaghetti dishes like spaghetti carbonara and you'd take it off the shelf, give it to the guy, he'd microwave it, pack it up and then you'd walk home and then eat it. I later found out that the eggs used in the spaghetti dishes in Japanese convenience stores um, aren't real eggs. They're like artificial eggs. They look like eggs, but they're not. They're not allowed to for sanitary reasons. And so it's kind of like these chemicals and things and it uh, put me off eating a lot of ready meals from japanese convenience stores as a result like reconstituted they sort of created their own eggs effectively there there was a big um scandal in china that um that it was cheaper for people to craft these kind of fake plastic eggs like the actual the entirety of the eggs and the the shell was uh was was just made out of plastic basically and people would put them in 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 dishes and it was just cheaper to make them than to get actual eggs it's weird well i mean (laughs) these ones were edible and they did honestly taste an awful lot like an egg, but uh, it's mainly because of those rules. For sanitary reasons, eggs do go off, and they're kind of chopped in half and whatnot and placed upon the uh, upon the dish. But that put yeah. me off. For me, that was the, the bit that ruined it. I do still drop by for like family mart fried chicken and karaage kun, which is like a little fried piece of chicken in a box. They're nice, and sandwiches are good as well. But uh, I do feel Japan's head and shoulders above the UK when it comes to convenience store food. No doubt about that. Um, what do we got next, Pete? Uh, we've got an email from Will from Oxford in the good old U of K. Hi, Chris and Pete. Will from Oxford, UK here. Thank you for providing great content each week for uh, for all of us Nippon fan, uh, Nippon nonsense fans, Nihon nonsense fans. Um, like our friend Dan in the Canberra, I have too uh, visited the electric bathhouse in uh, Asakusa. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was visiting a friend and helping out with some constru- construction work at their shopping centre in the centre of Asakusa. Um as the work was rather dusty and dirty, we decided to go and have a wash. I have quite a few tattoos, so I was rather nervous, uh, but was assured it would be fine. When we entered, I noticed quite a few tattoos on the bodies of the patrons. So I thought it would be best to keep it to myself and to enjoy the hot water. February in Tokyo is pretty cold. Um, I noticed a very tattooed guy heading over to the electric bath and sitting in it. He proceeded to convulse for a few seconds and then get out. And then up gets a second tattooed man who does the same, but for a couple of seconds longer. What ensued was a competition between these two gentlemen for about 10 minutes to see who could last the longest in the electric bath. Um, a very strange experience, I must say. Keep the good work. Will from Oxford in the UK. That reminds me of Sapporo uh, in that bar. Me and Natsuki having a little game of uh, oh, yeah. electrocution time where we'd have our Hilarious. fingers in that stupid little toy. <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Priceless. Highlight of the trip. <laughs> now, we talked about Denki Buro, um a couple of episodes back it's basically a hot spring an onsen and they run a, a very low electric current through it which makes it tingle so if you walk through it you start to tingle and the first time i did it the first time most people do it uh they don't know that it's a, a thing they don't know that what's going on so you sort of walk in your muscles and your legs start to convulse a bit and tingle and you're like what the hell's going on am i having a heart attack because of the hot temperature um but no it's just a popular type of bath electric bath and I like the way that these two tattooed guys who, to be honest, are probably Yakuza because there's quite a few in Asakusa in Tokyo. And odds are if someone has a big tattoo in Japan, they probably are. And I like the way they tried to one-up each other to see who could yeah. withstand the electric water the most. We should do that as a video, Pete. <laughs> the ultimate challenge. Yeah. Head-to-head, just electric to, bath. Just slowly cook myself. <laughs> I'm, I'm up for it. Uh, we've got one from Becky in London. He says, hey, guys. 
Hope you're all well. I've been listening through the back catalogue of the podcast during these exciting lockdown times, and I thought I'd finally join the gang and drop you a note. I've been studying Japan for the last six months after travelling there last year, and I've also been looking into working abroad uh, and travelling abroad in Japan, Asia, and further afield. But I'm not suffering, um, but I'm suffering by not having a degree. I've accepted that to expand my international working experience, that will be the requirement to get a degree. Um, a lot of universities in the UK offer Japanese studies as a course. Do you have any knowledge on it um, or if they offer any interesting content, if they would teach things worthwhile, apart from language skills, um, or if if it's actually looked at as being decent? I appreciate you don't need Japanese studies specifically to come to Japan, but the language and lifestyle alongside my visit uh, to Japan last year has really interested me. Anyway, a waffly one for you, but if you have any thoughts... You'd <laughs> I'd love to hear them. Stay safe and sanitised. Love, Becky, in London. And she also says, that said, I've heard the weebs tend to take over Japanese study courses and descend into anime arguments most of the time. Um, I actually did enrol in a part-time Japanese studies course, I think, my first year at university. I was doing um, yeah. business and English linguistics, and I knew at the time that I wanted to live and work in Japan on the JET programme. So I thought, you know, I'll just take it on the side. And I started going, and I actually found that to be a problem. I wasn't really into anime, and it seemed that everyone else in the class was. And I felt I left out a lot of discussions uh, at the time. Uh, But fundamentally, I was just overworked. And studying a language in a classroom, I've never found that to be a good environment because there's just lots of other people, different skill sets, different skill levels. Mm, And I always felt left behind you know i always felt like my level was rubbish compared to everyone else so in the end i just stopped going even though i was paying for this expensive japanese studies course on the side i just didn't go and um a little bit of a sad memory there not that it stopped me from getting here what about you pete you've you've done japanese studies what's your thought on it no, I, did, yeah, I, did, I think, I, I mean, I just, the problem is my um, schedule is, is all over the gaff. So I, I think I did one week um, in which I had a, a pretty good time. Um, nice people who were there. But again, you know, it's like, um, it's like any classroom. There's going to be one mm. bell end. And if you can't see the bell end, <laughs> you, you are the bell end. So um, uh, there was one lad who, um, who I think spoke pretty decent uh, Chinese, or certainly that's what he told us anyway. Um, who was just constantly f- flipping showboating, um, and um, he deserved a punch in my in my opinion. And again, yeah, it was. And to be fair, it wasn't all um, people who uh, liked anime or manga. Um, I'm in exactly the same boat. I don't, I'm not really that into the the, the video games. Are they? Well, I'm into some of the video games. I'm not into the um, the manga or the, or the anime. So I, mm, I've got no. Mm interest in a lot of it in, in a lot of that uh caper so I, I think sometimes it's quite it's harder if you've got no interest in modern um modern kind of representations of japan um not mm. that i would regard anime as being an excellent one because there's just a lot of slang and a lot of like bombastic language you know you wouldn't go to the beano for how to you know how to speak english would you, you wouldn't go you wouldn't go to um i don't know um 2000 ad or is it 2018? God, why can't I remember magazine? Oh, you know, you would have got a Spider-Man or Batman to sort of learn English. Maybe you would. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe you I'm, would. I mean, you maybe would. I'm being terribly disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, yeah, I mean, I... Thwack. I was always a bit out of place there. But, I mean, there's so much more to Japan than anime. I don't think it's the case that if you aren't into anime that you should rule it out. But I, I do think my advice, Becky, is maybe consider it. I would consider maybe a, a course that does cover Japanese language study more 
than Japanese studies as a whole. Um, I do think it will probably help your chances of getting on the JET program or teaching in Japan because it's a very specific course. And I think um, the JET program, the people that actually look through the applications will be more favorable as a result. But also you are limiting yourself, of course, because outside of Japan, Japan, Japanese studies isn't overly useful. Um, I mean, I took business and in English linguistics, and that helped because the linguistics component looked good for me as a teacher, even though it didn't really, because when I arrived, I was a rubbish teacher. It didn't help at all. But um, yeah, I hope that helps. Becky, I think it probably made the, the decision even more difficult. But best of luck, and I hope you do make it here to teach. Uh, we've got one from Ryan. He says, hi, Chris and Pete. My name's Ryan, and I'm from Bristol. And I love the podcast. Me and my girlfriend are planning our first trip to Japan for two weeks at the end of May, start of June next year, staying in Tokyo, Kyoto and Osaka. My only worry is that being so close to the Olympics, uh, it might be even more packed and full of tourists than it may usually be. But this is the only time we can go as it's after we both finish university for the year. So I'm asking you, Nihonophiles, <laughs> do you think our trip might be negatively impacted by being this close to the Olympics? Or might this just be about early enough um, before the Olympic fans turn up. Peace and prosperity to you both. Ryan from Bristol. What do you think, Pete? I think um, I'm not entirely sure when the Olympics is next year. I think it's earlier than August, isn't it? It was June or July, maybe. I need to double check that. Do you know, Pete? Have they moved? No, I don't actually. But I mean, have they? I, I, I just presume they'd uh, sort of just transplanted it to the exact same time that it that, that, that it was this year. But uh, I might be uh, wide of the mark on that one. I think it's a week earlier. No, it says. Oh, oh no, it doesn't say. Oh, no, it says 23rd of July 2021 to the 8th of August 2021. So, no, I don't think it'll be an issue, Ryan. I don't think people will be there. May is typically a busy time to visit Japan because of the cherry blossom season. Um, It is a busy time outright, but I I mean, I don't know how many people are going to be travelling after the situation improves. So, honestly, wouldn't let it stand in the way of your trip. And I've had some great times showing friends around Japan in May. And I think you've been a few times in May, haven't you, Pete? It's been all right. Yeah, don't go in yeah. June. Uh, I mean, look, don't go in June. It's ready. Don't go in June. Oh my god, do not go. Oh my god, don't go in June. It's rainy season. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it, look, people only have limited time off, and if they love the Olympics, they're going to be wanting to fill their hungry brains and eyes full of the Olympics. So um, they're, they're only going to be there while the Olympics is on. So you know, people, as I said, it, it's really hard to get a, a significant amount of time off, especially for a, a trip of a lifetime that that is uh, frequently um, Japan. So yeah. Uh, I wouldn't worry about it personally. And to be honest, look, Japan's getting busier and busier. And um, I've noticed a change um, within, you know, the last five years of how many, you know, uh, gaijin, how many white white, white people and and, and people who aren't from Japan are physically um, appearing to be from Japan uh, are around. And, you know, because they've always got maps in their hands walking around going, hello, (laughs) samimasen. And so, like, you can sort of... You can sort of get a bit arsy about it and go, well, I want to have a, a significant, um, authentic Japanese experience. But it's just, you know, everywhere in the world, it's a global economy. You're not going to get it. So don't worry about it. So just have a fucking good time and have a red eye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Don't, don't do oh dear. that. Yeah, I mean, do numbers that. have risen. It was about, I think in t- 2008, there was a tourism pop- tourist population of 8 million coming to Japan in a, in, in one year. And now it was it was heading towards thirty million. It was around thirty million this year, which is a massive increase. Um, but of course, that has plummeted spectacularly. And it will be interesting to see if there is a a bounce back. From what I know, though, most mm. people, most friends that I know, 
uh, or viewers have said to me that they are just postponing their trip to either later this year or next year. So I think it'll be kind of back to normal next year, but I don't want to make too many assumptions. I've made too many assumptions during this crisis that have turned out to be false. So I'm learning my lesson slowly, but surely. Um, we've got an uplifting story here from Danny from Brisbane. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. My name is Danny. I'm from Brisbane, Australia. Long-time listener of the podcast, the YouTube channel, first-time fax machine user. I've been recently listening to older podcast episodes since I found um, that I've, I haven't listen to many of them i was listening to an episode where chris was talking about how his tamagotchi died and he couldn't restart it so it ended up in the trash bad news for you chris there's a little reset button that you can hold at the back which you can use with a bobby pin and if it weren't for this option 11 year old me would have had a fit see i wish i'd known that did you ever have a tamagotchi yeah. mine died um someone, someone actually bought me Someone actually bought me one for Christmas, weirdly enough. And I, I found it only like two days ago under my telly. I was like, I, I really should turn that on. Um, but yeah, I mean, Chris, I mean, surely if you'd told me that, Chris, I probably would have said, yeah, there's probably a little hole in the back. Every piece of machinery you buy now, there's a little reset switch. Well, I was nine years old. You can only do it by friends. sticking up. A... Oh, right. Okay. Fair dues. All right. I, I was like <laughs> you a little are duck. I remember I, it was, it was the rage at the time. I'm saying this in an emotional voice. It was the rage at the time to have a Tamagotchi and a Pokemon cards soon after. And uh, I got a little duck, like a duck Tamagotchi character. And I couldn't work out how to do it. I couldn't really, I didn't bother reading the manual because I'm an idiot. The manual went in the bin. And I remember I had it for like a day and then I forgot to feed the duck, the the on-screen duck character and he just died by dinner time. And the whole whole thing just went blank. I didn't, nothing happened. So I just assumed it was, dead for good so i chucked it in the bin it was like 20 pounds and i'd waited weeks for that tamagotchi and it just got in the bin in a day because i hadn't fed it and i was really bitter and sad and disappointed in myself and that one event has shaped who i am today and who i've become as an adult <laughs> that damn tamagotchi why you don't duck. have kids why you don't have a child <laughs> oh god <laughs> anyway that's not the story um he continues right. uh danny continues um if it weren't for this option, 11-year-old me would have had a fit. Anyway, Tamagotchi aside, I wanted to share a story from my recent trip to Japan, mainly Sendai, uh, in November 2019. My dad and I were rushing around Tokyo Station to get to the correct platform to catch the Shinkansen to Sendai. Um, as this was our first time in a Japanese train station, we were a little confused, as you'd imagine. Once we finally figured out where our platform was, we decided we would quickly buy an Ekiben. An Ekiben is like a, a train station bento pretty good mm. um and we wanted it to really make sure we were getting our full holy hell we're catching a cool train experience turns out we were idiots who were now stuck in a part of the station that had none a really lovely japanese lady noticed us standing there looking very confused she asked us uh with really great english if we needed help we explained our situation to her and she said the only place to buy ekibento uh, nearby were past all the gates and that we'd miss our train if we tried. My dad and I accepted our cruel fate until this lady jumped up and said, you wait here, I'll get you one. And she raced towards the crowded gates. We had to chase after her to tell her it was okay that we would survive. After thanking her multiple times for her kindness and assuring her she didn't need to get us one, we started to walk towards the stairs to get onto our platform. Turns out this lovely lady was on the same train as us and was willing to risk missing it to get us some stupid not on time foreigners some lunch we never got a name but she was in tokyo on business and heading back home to sendai my dad and i will never forget how lovely and kind she was this really set the tone for our trip as sendai was the first city we stayed in 
We then flew to Osaka and caught the Shinkansen back to Tokyo. We found the people there to be so kind and now I'm in love with it. I have a dairy allergy and every time I requested soy milk or no cheese on my food, the staff went well out of their way to confirm my order and show me it was okay to eat. I'm now firmly stuck in the mindset that North Japan is the best. True that. And my biased views have me wanting to visit Sendai again as soon as the COVID restrictions ease. I can see why you love North Japan and Sendai so much, Chris. Um, I hope you're both staying safe. Have a wonderful week. Danny from Australia. What a lovely story. I'm not sure. That's nice. I'm assuming the woman didn't actually get them the bento because they convinced her to turn around though, right? <laughs> well, you so, wouldn't you? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Though. Imagine how guilty you'd feel. Oh no, we really wanted a bento. If only someone would get it for us. If only someone would help, help us enjoy our experience. That'd be hilarious. Um, Wonderful. But that is, you know, people are very kind. You do meet lots of folks like that. I find people in Japan are particularly kind to tourists, first time tourists. You can tell, when someone's a first-time tourist, usually, because they've got lots of luggage and they look a bit confused. And, yeah, I find people do go out of their way to help. So that's nice. Mm. And I'm glad yeah. uh, the woman in question made Sendai look so good. That's 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 wonderful. Have you ever had a, an experience like that, Pete? Oh, yeah. I mean, people go, people go out of the way to, um, to, to, to find whatever you, you need if you're looking for mm. looking for a cardigan in Uniqlo, Uniqlo. <laughs> and uh, they, uh, that is very specific. the woman sort of just basically, basically just ran off and came back with about five different versions of the same cardigan um, as it was getting a bit chilly. So, yeah, it, you know. It, but, again, I, I sort of did, like, I walk around Soho, um, where I live, is yeah. an experience because, obviously, like, you know, people do get lost and, I guess smartphones nowadays are obviously ubiquitous, but people mm. occasionally don't have batteries or they, they don't know what they're looking for. So I do spend a lot of time trying my very best to remember the streets of Soho because of all <laughs> different names. And I frequently get Greek Street mixed up with Beak Street mixed up with uh, Dean Street mixed up with Berwick Street mixed up with, you know. So all of the streets, I'm, I'm trying to sort of my, my best to sort of remember which street is which so I can send people in the right direction. Um, but I'll, I, I frequently walk people to where they, they, they need to be because it's, it's, oh, it's, it's the nice. nice thing to do. It fills your, fills your heart with, um, with, with happiness, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, a good I, deed. don't know if I've done it, so I don't know if my heart is filled <laughs> with happiness. I would do it, though, definitely. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Next time you're in Sendai or Soho, you'll either get a free bento from a, woman, a nice woman on the platform or Pete Donaldson might escort you to your favourite bar. Who knows? Just get lost in Soho, <laughs> London. The world's your oyster. Thank you to everyone who sent in their comments, questions, stories for this week's Abroad in Japan podcast. Uh, keep them coming. Keep sending them into our fax machine, inbox at Abroad in Japan podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back, folks, same time next week to do it all over again. Uh, but for now, no matter where you might be, out in the big wide world, have yourself a great week and we'll see you or hear you or speak next Wednesday. <laughs> Have a good one. Peace out.
This was a Stakhanov production. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.